Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 43 of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And today we are talking all about first-run syndication. My name is Joe Morata, alongside Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Hiya. Howdy-doody. Howdy-doody yes. to you, Michael Quinn. Yes. To all you folks out there listening to Acid Wash Memories, if this happens to be your first time, we are a retro pop culture celebration, and each week is something different. You can find 42 other episodes available where, Quinn? In the archives. In the archives. So we thank you for being here, whether you're a first-timer or a long-timer. We also want to invite you to follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast and join our friendly Facebook group. Uh, so friendly. Very friendly. Acid Wash Memories on Facebook. Quinn, we talk about old crap on there. Yeah, a lot of our old crap is in syndication yes, over on that. Um, exactly. Um, and you can go look at it and, and click on things and pictures and yeah. all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. It's a friendly, a bunch of friendly folk over there. Yeah, you can folk. Be folk, yeah, folk. Folk. Yeah. And you could be a part of that over on Facebook, Acid Wash Memories. But we are here to talk about a bit of an oddball, but I'm very excited about it. First mm-hmm. run syndication. Yes. First run syndication. This is a it's an interesting topic because I think the connotation with first run syndication is uh, it's not good enough Crap. for the networks, yeah, right? Exactly. Star Lost will take over where shows like Outer Limits, Twilight Zone, Star Trek left off. You know, it's syndication in general, too, has a stigma because generally, I'd say when people think of syndication, they think reruns. Yes. Because that's its primary use is for reruns of popular well, because Seinfeld the, at 11 p.m. Like, I mean, it's also the only way a rerun could get on something. Correct. In period. So that's why it's the domain of reruns. It's the domain of reruns. But it also is and was, especially in the 80s and 90s, the domain of many popular shows, a uh, quality notwithstanding, that we all grew up on, that our audience grew up on, mm-hmm. that we grew up on. Yes. So today we're going to talk about those shows, and uh, we're also going to delve into the history. But first of all, Quinn, what is a TV show? It's a show usually lasting a half an hour to an hour. Usually the dramas are an hour. Usually. Yeah. The, the other, the comedies, sitcoms are a half an hour. Yeah. But anyway, it's a type of show that's only on television. You don't go to the movies to see this. Oh, you don't? No. Okay. You, you, you uh, watch it on your TV. Now, do they call that the boob tube? Yeah, the boob tube. Okay. Yes. Just checking. It's not really a tube anymore. No, not anymore, I don't, right? I don't, they need a good name for, like, now that we have LEDs and, and OLEDs and all that. Like, what do we call... What's a stupid name for that? The OLED poopy head. Yeah, there, there you, you go. go. Aren't you glad you're listening to this mature quality entertainment? A lot of memorable shows ran or still run in uh, first-run syndication, even though depending on where you live in your area, you may associate those shows with a particular channel. Tonight at 7.30. Right here on Channel 7. There's also the opposite end of the spectrum, the syndrome of when the hell is this show on? Yes, yes. That, that to me, is syndication's biggest issue. Yeah. Especially if you're talking with someone like, maybe you're on the phone with a friend from across the country right. or something like that, or even just in a different county that has Literally. a different like cable system or whatever. Yes. You would be like, oh, I'm going to watch this show at 8 o'clock. And they're like, what are you talking about? That's on at 9 o'clock. Or and it's like, on ABC, not or ABC. Or it's on tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Sometimes it's like the other day. Totally true. And uh, syndicated television developed as an answer to what became a widening spectrum of the television stations that were available as TV exploded. We've talked a lot about 
TV and its history. We've talked about cable. We've talked a lot about television, mm-hmm. right? And for more on that, you can visit our archives. But the bottom line with syndication is as a principle, it's existed in print media since, you know, like the 1700s. Really what it is, is where you have a syndicate or a yes. syndicator, right? And in the print realm, the way it started and the way it still is today is they distribute the columns by maybe a notable columnist or something like that, or a comic, Garfield, let's say. While John's reciting his vowels, I'm going to go get a piece of watermelon. They distribute them to the individual newspapers or outlets, right? Right. It's not owned by the Chicago Tribune, right. for example. It's not like exclusive to one newspaper. Correct. And the hook there, the reason that's beneficial is you reach a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You're not tied to one particular firm or mm-hmm. outlet, and you can sell them at a lower cost because everyone gets their cut. Now- as far as the other mediums, you know, mm-hmm. where syndication is used. Well, you happen to be listening to a use of syndication right now. Yes, this podcast is technically syndicated via RSS, Quinn. Oh, well, that's not like a company, though, RSS. No. That's just, I was like, who's our syndicate? Are we getting paid for this? No, we're not. Uh, but it stands <laughs> for really simple syndication. Uh-huh. And it is not owned by now. Our show is not owned by a network, right? Yeah, RSS is like a protocol too on top of it it totally is it's um, being somewhat facetious but it's the same principle it's distributed to every podcast app out there right right? it's not owned by anybody Uh, but with all that said the concept obviously was prevalent still is in radio i'll give you two notable syndicated radio shows just for reference here howard stern okay and rush limbaugh right two of the most popular radio shows ever but even when there was radio shows like as in like they were like theater plays mm. or whatever Wasn't sure. like little orphan annie and all this stuff <laughs> you know like you know what i'm th- talking about right it's I like, like that's the one you bring I, up I, i'm just thinking of like some old timey yeah, ass like 1920s radio shows <laughs> let's go with little orphan annie i like yeah. that one quick here it is 5:45 now i'm time to hear more about the big new adventure that's starting for orphan annie in simmons corners but it's, it's the same principle. Like Howard Stern, people in New York, you know, know him because the home station was K-Rock, right? Uh-huh. But people in Scottsdale, Arizona knew who he was, too, and listened right. to his show. Exactly. Because it was syndicated. And it was a big deal to get syndicated, too, because you're, you were pretty much nationwide once yes. you got syndicated, right? That's, like, what you wanted. Like, if you got on the networks, you were nationwide, but you were nationwide by the network, like, WAMBC or whatever, like, and all right. the NBC affiliates on the radio. Exactly right? right. But to be syndicated, now look at all the ad revenue. Mm-hmm. Look at all of the ad revenue yes, is really exactly. what that comes down to, right? Show mm-hmm. me the money! So with regards to TV, yes, we have arrived to television now. There are two primary distribution models in terms of television programming, historically, anyway. Things are changing in the 21st century. Right. You had the networks and you had syndicators. So a brief history here. We'll go back to the 1950s, which, as we all know, is post-what? War. Yes. So we had the big four at the time, networks. NBC, CBS, ABC, and of course, hi, Dumont. Yeah, Dumont. (laughs) We're here. They're they're so memorable. Very good network. This is the Dumont Television Network. Who cares? But just lay out some of the terminology, make sure people understand, set the foundation. Individual local TV stations, let's say you have one in Cincinnati, Ohio, right? Mm -hmm. They would affiliate with one, sometimes multiple, but usually one of those big four networks, right? right? So you might have WHGS in Cleveland, 
They're an ABC affiliate, so thus they use the ABC call sign, right? The ABC yeah, and, and branding. And they have the ABC shows. And they have the ABC, ABC, the ABC shows. The ABC canons. The, ca- the canon. The, the ABC canon. Very, exactly. Very important. Very important. Now, that isn't a 24-hour. Certainly back then, that wasn't a 24-7 type of deal. It would be during the key day parts. A day part is a the way that programming is broken up per section. So what you mean by that is the news, for example, the local news, like how in our ABC affiliate channel seven, it's yes. eyewitness news, but it's in a- Philadelphia, they won't get channel no, seven. They get action news. news. Yeah. They'll get some other <laughs> one do. and it's probably like channel four or some it's shit. And it's, it's very like confusing. Shout out to, to Mike to, Fireball. To us. Yeah. <laughs> WPVI uh, yeah. action news. But anyway, yes. So Primetime is the biggest one. The primetime hours, you know, are the most lucrative for advertisers. It's where the high quality program. And it would seems be on. the networks give them the, give themselves that cushy absolutely um, real estate. On you the, you run whatever you want between one and six. We don't, we give, don't a give a shit. shit yeah. right? and that's basically what it was. But you got to especially remember back in the fifties. TV network stations would have sign-off times, mm-hmm. right? Because there wasn't enough programming. Yeah, it's like, you know what I always think of? I think of like Back to the Future when Marty goes back <laughs> to the 50s and like Doc falls asleep in front of the TV and it's just like, there's nothing. Like, Literally, there's, there's just nothing. Like, there's just like colors or something, like a color pattern. A test pattern, yeah. yeah. Before signing off, may we suggest for your further pleasure tonight that you switch now to radio and enjoy music till dawn. Bob Hall brings you pleasant melodies throughout the night on WCBS Radio, 880 on your radio dial. And you got to remember, this is also a time where there are a very limited number of said television stations. So finding programming to fill it up wasn't that hard yet, especially when you had the sign-off times. However, when the local stations needed something, the programming would come in the form of outside distributors in some way, shape, or form. And the first major one in TV was... The world-famous Ziv television programs. So famous. So famous. never heard of them. Founded by Frederick Ziv, of course, Quinn. Oh, him. Now, he had previously been a radio syndicator, and if we had lived maybe 70 years ago, maybe we'd know his name. Perhaps he was a mogul of some kind that we are not aware of, and he's no longer a mogul. What does it take to become a mogul? Is that hard? Lots of money, lots of influence. Is that like a tycoon, or is it... It's more of a business thing to me. Okay, so it's less tycoonish. Well, tycoon is also like, I associate real estate with like a tycoon. Oh, okay. Tycoon is real estate, mogul is business. mogul is like a business thing. Got it. Well, now that we're clear on that. Anyway, Ziv Television, the mogul, he backed several TV series that were then sold directly to the local stations, not to the networks. And this is important and fundamental in understanding syndication. They had blocks of space that they needed to fill. The networks, they're just trying to fill the prompt. They don't give a shit about anything yeah, else. Yeah, their stuff and that's it. Yeah, right? Do like, what you want. But the, all, there's like hundreds of local <laughs> stations. Like it's a market and somebody's got to sell some shit to them to play. And I'm sure this helped out tremendously with maybe the sign-off time so they can make a couple extra bucks at like midnight or whatever. Yeah, exactly, because now you got more stuff, right? Right. Uh, so the first notable hit, and if, if anyone has heard of this, I wouldn't be surprised, but I won't be surprised either if you haven't, Quinn. It was a show in the 50s known as the Cisco Kid, 1950 to 1956. So notable. <laughs> the Cisco Kid. Very notable. I had a six-year run, but I've never seen it. I've heard of it. Uh, but other shows from the 50s that were early syndicated programs included The Abbott and Costello Show, hmm. Life with Elizabeth, which was Betty White's failed sitcom. Really? Yes. Sy- syndicated, huh? Syndicated. That shows you how much promise there was there. Well, I know. And Especially like an early syndicate. Like, early. What is this, 50 syndication? 50s. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. Alvin! <laughs> and they ice-cold lemonade. 
You know something. I have an angel-type husband. Oh. <laughs> uh, the Three Musketeers had a show. Flash Gordon, Dick Tracy, things like that. Why do these seem like they're like existing brands so that they could kind of live on their own? Yes. Like they didn't need to be associated with a network? Correct. Like, people know what the Three Musketeers is. Hell, there's a candy bar about it. Right? It's a <laughs> famous... It's a famous story. All about it. Yeah, you know, Dick Tracy, it was a comic book of the time. It was. You know? Flash Gordon people as People well. know what that is. Yes. Yeah, you know? That candy bar about it. We don't need no stinking networks. <laughs> hey. Apparently not. Uh, now, two other famous shows, these everyone's heard of, these started as syndicated programs, and they were picked up by CBS. The Adventures of Superman, the George Reeves oh, one, that one, the yeah. original, it was syndicated for seven months, January to July of 1961, until CBS picked it up for five more years, right? That, that's Christopher Reeves' dad, right? George Reeves? Yes. Because they were also Superman? 100% oh, okay, true, yeah. yes. I'm totally being serious. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, your brand of humor is real fucking funny. So edgy. So cute. The other one is Quinn's favorite, Mr. Ed. So that's <laughs> that was syndicated for well, I mean, it's about a horse. I mean, who? Of course. Honestly, if you think about it, that's kind of funny because that means the networks were like, "Fuck no!" <laughs> like, right? It's they like, were at first, <laughs> and then they saw, "Oh wow, this is doing well." So CBS is like, "We'll buy your show." Fuck yeah, it. yeah, and they did uh, again. Sixty-one to sixty-six, they owned it. So anyway. Up to this point that we're talking, though, the early Mm -hmm. 60s, syndication was absolutely not widespread. A lot of this local time that the stations would have to fill was devoted to in-house productions, just shit Mm -hmm. they would do at their studio, cheap stuff, right? Yeah. B-movies, cartoons, like public domain cartoons, things like that. I mean, you got to think about it, too, right? I'm just thinking of the sales behind this, the actual salesman. Yeah. We're in an age where, first of all, you can't just, like, email someone a YouTube video of your thing that you want to syndicate. So some dude has to like get in a car and drive cross country with reels of, yeah, with of shapes. Yeah. Like, I don't know they if don't they even VHS had tapes. tapes. Yeah, they, reels. Yeah, they, it's reels and he's going to each, he's going to each local network, oh, not even like and come just cold calling them probably. And like trying to sell them that's some the shitty show. That's the kind of job you come home and you take off your hat and you put it on the rack and you collapse into your chair. Right? Yeah, exactly. That, that's that type of job. And you have a pipe. I would imagine. Yeah, definitely a pipe. You smoke a pipe. I mean, you've been driving in a big, gigantic sofa right. for for hours. <laughs> Only getting 11 miles to the gallon. Yeah. Times are hard, man. Plate glass windshield. But as with many things involving uh, communications, involving television, involving anything, Congress stepped in. In 1962, we had something called the All Channel Receiver Act, which we did talk about in our cable episode briefly. Uh, the All Channel Receiver Act of 1962 stipulated that all new televisions must be manufactured with not only VHF tuners. That's my favorite fish. Okay, tuner fish. Which carried the big three. Now it's three by this point in 62. Right. Dumont's well, gone. Yeah, Dumont already. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, so not only VHF tuners, but UHF tuners. Ah. It tunes the color picture and keeps it tuned. Every channel every time, even on those new UHF channels. And what this did when these TVs started rolling off the lines is greatly increased the demand and the scope of these local stations because guess what? You got more availability of these stations that are in every TV now. And I'm sure the government's thought process here, right, was that it gives more competition because the networks dominated VHF. Yes. And there's not as many 
channels on VHF. So it's much like, spectrum. now nobody can get in but them. Exactly. Like, and we already saw that. We've heard Dumont. Seen, we saw like, Dumont, Dumont. Dumont left, right? <laughs> it stunk. Yeah. Uh, and by the 60s down, many more stations started cropping up in different cities and different towns, even smaller towns. So the need for more local programming began to arise. And then who would step in in 1971 but our good friends, the FCC. <laughs> They had two things they enacted in 1971. More rules here. More rules. The primetime access rule and the financial interest and syndication rule. So let's start with that one. The financial interest and syndication rule. The aim here was exactly what Quinn just said, to prevent the big three from having a monopoly. Just a lock on television. A lock on television. The deal was the big networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, they could not own any of the shows that they were broadcasting in primetime. Interesting. This is what paved the way for independent production companies such as Norman Lear and his huh. brand of shows like All in the Family and So wait, Sanford what Son. year is this? 71. So the networks could not could no longer own, own the shows. What happened is they would it would be licensed to them by the production company. Hmm. So NBC would say, Norman Lear, we like All in the Family. We want to pick it up. We're going to pay you so this could also explain weird things. Like for just, I'm just an example's popping up in my mind. Pop it up, Quinn. Remember how after like a zillion seasons, like Family Matters moved to UPN for like uh, CBS. unknown reasons CBS. or CBS or yes. whatever. That's a direct result of something yeah. like that because that's a Miller Boyette. Miller Boyette owns the show, yes. and if ABC's giving them the shaft, they could be like, "Well, screw you. We'll shop it elsewhere. We'll go to CBS. We're not done yet. Exactly. You don't cancel us. We'll, we will move on. Exactly. But it's, see, it's not syndication. It's still airing on the network. It's licensed to the network. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's still the network's involved, but they don't own it. They don't have a piece of it. Right. They don't actually own the show. So this this rule that we're talking about, the syndication rule, it also required this. The big three networks, they all had their own syndication arms. It required them to basically divest from them and spin them off into independent syndication companies. Interesting. Now, that mainly came into play with like reruns and stuff when they would want to be have a piece of a rerun. Right. More so than it did with first uh, run syndication. But we also have the prime time access rule of 1971. A lot of rules in the early 70s. Things are changing, man. Well, you know, the it was Beatles wild, are no more. It was a wild west out there. Somebody needed to like bring law and order to television. And who better and, but the FCC, <laughs> yeah, Quinn, our favorites. Not, not the actual show Law and Order, if you were confused. No, Dick Wolf didn't yeah, do that yet. Yeah. Uh, so the prime time access rule, which was in effect until 1996, in case you were wondering. it's it, Don't look for it anymore. It's not in effect. But it was until 1996. And what it did is it stipulated that those same big three networks had to now give 30 minutes of their 7.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. slot to their local affiliates and stations. Hmm. They could not run their own programming, and and that was Monday to Saturday. So that's how we got Wheel of Fortune. That's part of how, yeah. (laughs) That's absolutely right. Because what happened is in 1980, they made it a full hour, 7 to 8. Okay. Okay. And then we had Jeopardy. Yes. Obviously, so Jeopardy and Wheel. Depending on your area, it might be Wheel and Jeopardy, which I'm still not comfortable with if Wheel plays first. It's definitely Jeopardy, Wheel first. It's supposed to be. That's the order. Because Wheel's like, it's easier now. Yeah. Right? Like. Yeah, you just thought hard. Right. And now you got to go. You got to go to Easy Street over there, right? Exactly. Now, maybe you like the other way around, but that's your prerogative. Edgar. Fish love. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, a lot of the uh, the local stations would run their news around that time slot, obviously. Right. right. But 
The aim of both of these rules, the syndication rule and the primetime access rule, the whole point of it outside of the monopoly thing was to encourage these local stations, right? Like Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. right? Davenport, Iowa, High right. Greg Armstrong, to produce their own in-house content. It was kind of a stimulus yes. idea, right? It's like we're giving you the time. You do something do with something it. With run, it yeah. run along you yeah. know, and do something with it. However... Due to this old-fashioned American capitalist thing called money, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the stations just found it cheaper to purchase the syndicated shows that they could get their hands on and use those to fill the airtime instead of producing their own shit. Well, I mean... Yeah, well, exactly. I would, too. I mean, if you're rinky-dink Columbus, Ohio, some <laughs> right. some weird tiny office somewhere, it's like, I don't have the facilities well, right. to produce television shows. I don't have the talent. You yeah. have the script writer. You have the idea. I don't have Pat Sajak. <laughs> what am I going to do, right? <laughs> if only we had Pat Sajak. Merv Griffin's got Pat Sajak, so I'll pay him <laughs> to fill my time. He did have that. Say, you're yeah. right about that. Uh, now, bear in mind, by this time we're talking about throughout the 70s and getting into the 80s, there are now a ton of VHF and UHF stations. So content is in high demand by this point. It's very much a stark contrast to the 50s, mm-hmm. right? There's a, We need programming now. There's no not as many sign-offs anymore. Yeah. We're running 24-7. And what happened with this uh, extra time needed to be filled is a lot of stations bought the rights to reruns of classic shows. Which not surprising. Honestly, that's you know a great use of content that's been produced. It's in the can. It's been done for years. Right. You don't have to worry about stars and contracts or whatever. Right. You just you just pick up the pick uh, up bonanza. Mary Tyler Moore. Exactly. And just like stick it in there, right? Taxi, whatever, yeah. whatever show it might be, right? And just write Andy Griffith. Yeah. And just run it. And people are familiar with it. They're happy. It's comfort food. Seinfeld, next on Fox 5. You know what's cool about that? People throughout a show's entire run mm-hmm. they may have not seen absolutely every episode. Yes. Maybe they were a big fan of the show. The fact that they had the opportunity to see it is kind of cool. Yeah, right? I mean, the rerun was a newer concept in the 70s. It really I knew was. people who watched Seinfeld like every night still in the early 2000s, like on Fox. I was, I was one of them, I <laughs> yeah. think, Quinn. <laughs> yeah. Just because it was there. Exactly. Right? Like, it's like an old friend. Yeah. Right? So, yes, a lot of stations are buying the, the classic show reruns, but there's still so much programming, so much time. And this is where first run syndication really began to be a lucrative endeavor and no longer just a cheaply produced filler program. What is the difference here with first-run syndication, Joe? First-run syndication is a show produced by a production company Mm -hmm. that would make any other show. Right. And then what they're trying to do is get a pilot or sell the show or license the show to one of the big three networks, typically. Maybe all three, and four if you include Fox, maybe they all pass on the show. This sucks. We don't want it. Right. We don't like this. Sorry. What they may do next is go to Mr. Ziff or whatever. Is go to Mr. Ziff and uh, a syndicator, a a distribution company, and say, hey, can we shop this around to the individual stations Mm -hmm. and have them buy it? And that is how we arrive on a lot of these syndicated shows. Now, a lot of the ones we're going to mention, you guys have heard of because they are syndicated in almost, if not every, major market. They were essentially national without being associated with a network. Correct. And they may air on ABC in your area and CBS in somebody else's But I gotta area. say, a lot of my association, because it seemed like the networks, you know, 
the networks were okay with syndication on like say the weekend or something well, like yeah. during the day as long as like, it doesn't when, butt into their time right and they were also okay with it like late at night and not even like the daytime they were a little like iffy because they're like well we got soaps and shit like in Oprah That's and true. stuff yeah. we don't have time for this <laughs> we have shit. soaps yeah take a week to watch general hospital you know most of this stuff to me as a kid it was on upn or picks or wb11 or whatever See, that's a good point upn was a, a very short-lived network you know mm-hmm. relatively speaking but that station that same station that we got was an independent station right that would pick up syndicate stuff picks 11 again an independent station except when they were part of the wb now was picks like a vhf like somehow station like, this is an old school over the air station. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's not UHF or anything. Oh, that was no, it's definitely VHF. That's what I mean. It's like these guys were big enough to be on the normal band. That's a right, yeah, right. But One they, of the but largest they were independents. exactly. So, but they also like were not big enough to have like their own shows. No, they and didn't. So this was this was a perfect situation for them. They had like a little bit of in house stuff, but nothing in prime yeah. time. You I know really, what I, mean? I really felt, at least as a viewer, that those channels. Picks, mm-hmm. you know those guys. Yeah, I know the ones you mean. They were W O R. Yeah, they were like the market for yes. this, this first run syndication because essentially those shows got associated with them. Yes, that exactly. They were practically right. their shows. Yeah, no, you're you're one hundred percent right. W P I X New York. But all the shows we're going to mention are pretty notable. And just to as a as a warning here, I always like to disclaim: we will probably not mention every single syndicated show that you can think of. Okay, so if we forgot something, we do apologize. We are also for some of these just going to mention them, and Quinn and I will discuss some of the ones that really stand out to us that we grew up with that we have an acid washed memory about, so to speak. We're going to start with game shows. We're doing this by category. We touched on these, but we'll just reiterate here: both Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And Wheel of Fortune, the nighttime ones. Not that who we owned could, the daytime one. Well, the, remember Wheel was daytime on NBC only. So that uh, was and then it went to CBS eventually. Remember okay. and back to NBC. Right. We talked about this in the Wheel of Fortune episode. Jeopardy, I think old old Jeopardy, the '60s version was at NBC, but I don't remember. But the nighttime ones that everyone remembers: mm-hmm. Alex Trebek, Pat Sajak, Vanna White. Those were both syndicated, uh, which resulted in their weird ordering and yes. all this dumb shit. And for us, they were on. Uh, ABC affiliate. We don't know about you guys. Were they on a uh, NBC affiliate? To me, they were very firmly ABC canon, and they're still to this day. They're you know, still on ABC. When canon. you ta- told me about this and us doing more shows about TV, I was actually perusing the networks recently, <laughs> and it's fascinating how much things stay the same on the networks yeah. like to this day. There's a comfort in that, I yeah. guess. Take the Jeopardy Challenge at 7. Play Wheel of Fortune, America's Game at 7.30 on WTNH Channel 8. Another very famous syndicated show still is Family Feud. Yeah. That's not owned by now. That's just a syndicated show. Uh, Hollywood Square's 1998 version. That was one with like Whoopi Goldberg on it all the time. Oh, and that. Tom Bergeron. Wow, that is, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> yeah. Our favorite host, Tom Bergeron. Yeah, Tom Bergeron. Very host. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's like second tier host to me, but whatever. Like Bob Goen kind yeah. of. Um, and the syndicated version, not the ABC Nighttime, Quinn. Of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which ran from 02 until 19. Like Meredith Vieira yes, as the host. Yes, no, yes. Not I feel the like Regis. more of those were produced than the Regis ones. 
Yeah, it was on for 17 years. It was like insane. That like, I remember seeing an episode of it many, many years past the millionaire craze. Oh, like, yeah. What? What is this? Yeah, <laughs> it was on for a long I was surprised to find out that it only ended a few years ago. Yeah. You know? Watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire at 1230 and catch a second episode at 330. Uh, let's talk about a few cartoons here. Okay. So there was a Popeye cartoon in the 60s. Mm-hmm. A lot of cartoons in the 60s. I feel like cartoons were like super duper syndicated. Like, yes. Obviously, the networks had their own Saturday morning joints. Yeah, like but NBC the, What and was ABC. cool about the syndicated cartoons that were like on 11 and, mm-hmm. and 9, nine. For, for us, yeah. They were like on all week. Yeah. You know? Daytime. They were just like a strip. strip yeah, program. it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was like, though, I felt like those were like kid-friendly channels because they had daily cartoon Correct. content. Yeah, and that was because it's cheap. It's easy to get on yeah. there. You know, kids will watch it. Uh, so Popeye, Mr. Magoo, Yogi Bear was a syndicated cartoon. Really? It seems too big, Yogi Bear. I know. Well, he's a little big for his britches. Yeah. Uh, Deputy Dog. Dog, uh, tuner fish. Hey, <laughs> hey. The original G.I. Joe, the one from 83 to 86. Oh, man. The original. That show was awesome. Yep. I used to watch that all the time. The uh, 1984-85 version of Heathcliff. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Not a fan? Yeah. Uh, me neither. Always remember, boys, never be afraid of animals. Well, I wouldn't say that. Transformers. Syndicated. Robots in disguise. Yeah. Yes. Thundercats. Ho. Syndicated. <laughs> Both Ghostbusters. And the real Ghostbusters? And the real, but only season two of the real. I don't know what happened. Listen, the real Ghostbusters were the real. Nobody liked the other Ghostbusters. That stunk. I know. <laughs> There's a reason it said the real Ghostbusters. You're correct about Because that. they are the real Ghostbusters. They are the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first uh, four seasons of it from 87 to 91. as a kid... This was might have been the best syndicated show there was to me. I think that we grew up with maybe like, I was cartoon. Like, yeah, cartoon. I mean, because um, I was all over this. This this is like my first real the heroes that I liked or whatever the heroes well, in a half shell, in a half shell, right? Yeah. And not a full shell. Stop. As soon as I got home, I had to watch Turtles. Yeah. See, I don't even remember when I watched it. Like when when did you watch it? When was it? Well, on because it was for you. So it was early on when I was younger, right? So I would be at someone's house being watched or whatever. No, believe me, I know. So I would either watch it there or if we got if I got picked up early, I'd watch it at home, but I'd always make sure I was like in front of the TV wherever I was. And watch the turtles? When the turtles were on, at, I don't know, like four-ish. Four, like, yeah. about right. Yeah. Yeah, the first four years of that were syndicated and then it did get picked up by CBS and it mm-hmm. was then a CBS show. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. That I absolutely watched that yep. as well. Syndicated. Yeah. I think it was on Fox in in my area when I was a kid. I re- again, I remember or this being on five. Channel Eleven or something. Maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe it was on. Bo- See, that's the thing with Cindy here. Turtles was absolutely on Channel Eleven. Was it really? Yes. Wow. When, when I was watching it, no idea. Here's one: the first two seasons of Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh my god! Syndicated. We're tiny. We're toony. We're all a little loony. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I was. You know, it's funny. I always. They made, like, such a big deal out of that show, like, when it came to <laughs> Steven Spielberg presents and all this shit, right? There was a lot of hubbub, bub. And I, and I feel like it was, like, it was like it felt very exclusive when you were watching it. Yeah. Like, even your parents wanted to see it for some reason. Because they remembered the uh, Warner Brothers originals, like, you know? I believe it was advertised, right? Like, was it not advertised as, we're bringing Looney Tunes back, like yeah. there hadn't been Looney Tunes or something, Since, right? like, the 60s regularly. Right, and so, like, this is a big deal. Brand new TV show, Steven Spielberg presents Tiny Toon Adventures. Watch it after school each weekday. Check listings for the time and channel in your city. 
I remember my mom making a big fuss Everyone about it. Everyone was making a fuss about it. It was like, it was on Seinfeld. There's one episode. I'm watching, watching Tiny, Tiny too. Like adults are watching this shit, right? It was like, what was so like, it, it was fascinating to me that like, Adults were the ones kind of like pushing this thing on like kids on more kids. than kids wanting to even see it. A little wave in the salt. Did you like Tiny Toons? I did. I just thought it was like inferior yes. to regular Looney Tunes. And honestly, you know, I think the failure in Tiny Toons was the fact that like Nickelodeon was over there airing Looney Tunes. And it was like, it was like the fact that they were compared to each other and they were both on at the same time. Yeah, I felt true. like they should have like. Warner Brothers should have been smarter about that, and they should have just like pulled Looney Tunes from like everything while, well, until Tiny Tunes was like done. Yeah, but I don't know. Then they might have pissed off the audience over on Nickelodeon. You know, maybe. What I mean? But like Nickelodeon, I remember eventually got Tiny Tunes after Tiny Tunes was completed. Yes, they did. You're correct right? about that. And then I think I had more of a love for Tiny Tunes because I remember seeing it more often. And I was like, this is okay. I like yeah, this show. Okay. Well, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this one. I, I know what your reaction is going to be. This show was syndicated. James Bond Jr. <laughs> Junior. James Bond Jr. I knew. I remember a kid that used to have to watch that every day, and he God, was like nobody, three or something. Nobody watched that. <laughs> I bet our audience did. I bet we've got people that are like, that show was awesome. Yeah. No way. I didn't like it. I had to watch it because this kid that again, when <laughs> I you're being barely watched, remember James Bond Junior. No, I, I don't blame you. Have him, more memories of even what it was? What did it even look like, James Bond Junior? I don't remember like a younger version of James Bond. I guess I don't remember. He had but a James brown Bond jacket. Doesn't look old. Well, so Roger Moore did. I guess you ever seen him in the eighties? He's portrayed as a as a young man. Yes, he is portrayed as one. Quinn and I both grew up with the very fortunate uh, circumstance of going to someone's house and being watched. Yes, and when you grow up like that, you uh, you tend to watch a lot of things that you don't want to mm-hmm. on television. And this was one of those shows. Okay, there you go. Uh, the uh, Mega Man cartoon from ninety four to ninety six was syndicated. Super fighting robot Mega Man. I'll never forget that song. <laughs> That's that show. Yes, was like Moby Dick to me. Like I could it was not Moby Dick to you. Meaning it was Call like me Ishmael. very elusive, and I would Call like me Rockman. I would like chase this show like where is it what i don't even know what channel it's on <laughs> but like i would sometimes run into it and i'd be like oh it's there and then i would somehow always forget like after i finished it what channel serious? i saw it on and like this cycle this vicious cycle I mean, and like i would always be looking for it because it's mega man he's in a video game that's cool right <laughs> cartoon was like nothing you heard it here first from our very own herman melville but yeah. yes i guess it was a moby dick of sorts yeah funny you're a dick of sorts too why don't you kiss my... Uh, and then this one I'm sure might be of some interest to you. The first two seasons of Dragon Ball Z were syndicated. Oh, I remember that. So this was what was super interesting about the first two seasons of that. First of all, that's like a large chunk of episodes. And, yeah. and the thing that you got to remember about Dragon Ball Z is that it's one of the only cartoons at the time, at least. At the time. That was continuous, meaning like every episode leaked into the next. Yeah, it so wasn't you, self-contained. You actually had to like watch it in order. It was serial, I guess they called it, or episodic. And the thing was, is it was syndicated in the morning. I used to wake up to watch this shit because I needed to, because I wanted to know what happened next. It wasn't until it got moved to Toonami that I fully got to see the first two seasons in complete order because they were on after school. Like, I would always be like, what? Like, (laughs) like eating cereal and being like, and and it would dark out. The worst part was that the first two seasons, I, I specifically remember this, is that the first two seasons 
ran in a loop for like a couple times before we got like the third season on Toonami. Oh, really? Like on Cartoon Network. So I remember getting so frustrated. I, I'd seen like episode 25 or whatever the hell it was. And of course it ends on a cliffhanger, like every single one. And then you, it just goes back to it the beginning. And it was like, this is so fucking hard. <laughs> like they're right about to get to Frieza, which is like a huge saga in that show. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it was, it was a big deal, Joe. I believe you. Uh, so that's just some of the cartoons. So in the comedy realm, I think we got to mention this one. I liked this show. I didn't see it when it was new, but I saw it on whenever we ran it. The Muppet Show. I love The Muppet Show. 76 to 81. It's The Muppet Show with our very special guest star, Mr. Steve Martin. Now, wait a sec. That wasn't reruns. Oh, it was 70. Th- that's set the, the 76 to 81. That is when was, it was a new. syndicated show in the 70s. Yes. Five really? year, five I, year run. Oh, my God. I always, that's news to me. I always thought that was like a CBS or NBC joint. No, that was a syndicated program. You know, you learn something new every day, right? You do, don't you? Don't yeah. you, though? Now, there's a handful of sitcoms. We're going to run down those. And this is another interesting byproduct of this whole first-run syndication outline. Remember you were referencing earlier, Quinn, when Family Matters got dropped by ABC in 1997? A very sad moment. And Step by Step as yeah. well, which had already jumped the shark. Remember Balky was on it and stuff? Don't, don't, <laughs> He's a hairdresser. Don't endorse it. <laughs> JT or whatever like for Suzanne Summers yeah, I know. It, it, her, remember Frank built the thing he finally finished the, yeah, the salon no it was door. always there I don't know why you think no 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 wasn't it wasn't it he like, he might work have, like it, fixed it working on it or some shit it was for there a while. in the beginning yeah but um remember the aunt and then like mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the grandma but then they're like we don't need you guys on yeah. the show anymore anyway and CBS picked up Family Matters and Step by Step in 1997 however there is a handful of shows here that were on networks and had life on networks that were dropped by their networks, and they couldn't find any other homes, so they went to a syndicate and got distributed and picked up that way. So let's run them down. Charles in Charge. Really? This had one season, and one season only on CBS, 84 to 85. Oh, see, I thought it went deeper. See, by the time I saw it, it had, it been, on, reruns. It had been reruns on syndication, so I had no clue about any of this. It then took a year hiatus while they figured out what the hell hiatus. they were doing. That's so funny you say that because when I used to watch the show as a kid, I, I've always noticed that like Charles would age like yeah a lot. Well, Joni and did I was love like Chachi. I was, I was always like, how did he grow up that fast? Like, <laughs> how did he just become more mannish? Like a little mannish. He, he right? wasn't as much of a, a boy anymore. He was very boy in the first. He season. He was way more in charge later on, <laughs> <laughs> larger and in charger. Yeah, uh, but anyway, it continued on. New life and syndication. First run syndication from eighty seven until nineteen ninety. Wow. So that's how long that, that see, it revived it, man. Give your laugh muscles a workout with Charles in Charge. Weekdays at 5.30 only on Fox 54. Another show very similar had one season on NBC from 83 to 84, and then it was syndicated from 86 to 90, and the show I'm talking about is Mama's Family. Love Mama's Family. I know. Don't, don't, I don't. besmirch Mama's I'm, Family. I, I'm not really a now, big fan. Sorry, I'll, I'll Vicky Lawrence. You, I, I saw it in syndication, but on like TBS later on. Well, in reruns, And yeah. I oddly fell in love with the show <sighs> because I was... You know what it was? Kiss my grits. Is that is that her? No, that's, no, that's Alice. Alice. That's Alice. Uh, did, same. Don't, it's don't a confuse. same thing. It doesn't matter. It's uh, shows I don't like. But <laughs> Mama's Family, like... It, what was her catchphrase? I don't know. She just always getting misadventures every week. Because she was like oof. loud and obnoxious. Yes, I know. But, but I've the whole seen the, show. the whole joke of it is that it's it's uh what Carol Burnett and Vicky Lawrence yeah Vic, but Carol Burnett's playing an old lady but she's not yeah that's the it, that's, that's the whole that's joke. the gimmick yeah it's like, really funny right 
It's so good. They played straight in that show. They don't like, pretend. That's not a show that is played straight, Quinn. It's, it's a basic sitcom, Joe. <laughs> you get associated with the family, her like loser son I and like, his, his weird wife. I'm sure we've got a lot of mama's family supporters out it's there. It's all right. To that, I say kiss my grits. They also have a tremendously big house <laughs> Like, oh, I doesn't ever want to yeah. be sitcoms? Yeah. <laughs> Except Ralph Cramden. The house is like massive. I know. Mama's lesson on drinking doesn't go down so smoothly. Alcohol and acne do not mix. On Mama's Family. Monday at 6.30. Another show that was on NBC for two years, 84 to 86, and then got a season in syndication from 87 to 88, Punky Brewster. Wow. The way NBC made such a big damn deal about that, <laughs> like you'd think. They dropped it after two years. Crazy. And then it got another season, though, out of syndication. So good for Salel Moon Fry. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. Moon Fry. Sailor Moon Fry. Yeah. Uh, and then NBC had this show from 82 to 86. Okay, so that's at least a run. And then it got one year out of syndication just to wrap things up because the world just could not wait. Silver Spoons. Eh. I know. Ricky, Ricky, Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder. Ricky Schroeder. Better on NYPD Blue, yeah, in my opinion. Rick Schroeder. That's yeah. right. He's also in charge. Drop the Y. That's right. Sometimes you got to get serious over in New York. <laughs> uh, speaking of Suzanne Summers, did you know she was the sheriff? She was a sheriff? Yeah, she's the sheriff. After That's being Chrissy show. or whatever? Yeah, after she was Christmas Snow, she was the sheriff. Suzanne Summers, she's the sheriff. Today at 5.30 on Fox, WXIN 59. And that show, uh, I'm mentioning because I'm sure someone out there likes it, was on for two years, 87 to 89. That's And then she met Frank Is it, Yeah, she met Frank and they got married. In she, the hairstyle. Where did she get all those kids from? Like, Well, she was the sheriff, if you know what I'm saying. What, mm-hmm. oh, what did JT call um, Barky? Yes, Barky. Dana was Barky. D- Dana was, <laughs> Dana yeah, was she, Barky. She, she, she got a daughter named Barky. Yeah, that's and, real. That's and, real. And the middle daughter, Karen. Yes, right? Karen. And who was the... Who, Mark. Mark, yeah. Hey, I'm allergic to the thing. He was like Urkel. He was like their Urkel. You know what I didn't like about Step by Step? It wasn't that, that good. I don't like... It's confusing to me because the Brady Bunch was like three boys with the dad, three girls with the mom. Yeah, it's very simple. But like, then you get like super confusing because you have one boy with the mom and one girl with the dad. Yes. And then two of the it's know. still the same amount it's just that they you know it, it's just it, sometimes you watch it and you forget who's who's it's kid. tough like, especially <laughs> because like after a season they're all fine and yeah. no one cares anymore well i'm just saying because even in that in that confusing situation right joe yeah is you could think for example that maybe karen is frank's daughter why you just might right because <laughs> you know that there's one opposite gender on the other side right <laughs> hypothetically yeah. i guess you may yes uh, did you ever hear the show Small Wonder? I know a lot of our fans. I mean, the like Robot show. Girl. I've heard yeah. of it. Yeah, uh, it was a syndicated show, eighty-five to eighty-nine. That seems like it would be syndicated. Seems like it would be. Watch out! The robot. Fantastic. It's a small wonder. After too close for comfort, Saturday on Channel Two. Remember Webster? Mm-hmm. Now, before we get carried away here, <laughs> remember Webster? <laughs> yeah. um, that was an ABC show first. Learn how to take a bite out of crime. If someone is being hurt. It's okay to tell. An all-new Webster on a special day and time. Thank you, McGruff. Uh, and it got two years out of syndication after ABC canned it. 87 to 89, that shit was still on, making new episodes. I've seen late-era Webster, <laughs> and you can tell it's like the end of the 80s. I, I've, it's true. <laughs> well, there that you doesn't go. actually surprise me. There you go. Uh, the new WKRP in Cincinnati from 91 to 93. Wait, 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 what? The, the new. new. <laughs> the new one. That happened? It happened. What was the theme song? I don't know. Let's find out. Yeah. I 
WKRP in Cincinnati. Well, there you have it. Quinn, you and I watched exactly one episode of this together for a different podcast. <laughs> the uh, television version of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. 97 to 2000. Uh, not, a, not not good. I don't, I don't think good. this was necessary. The, the, the show in there, general? There was a lot of this. What is that? There's like a Ferris Bueller's like... Yeah, but that was on ABC. Well, yeah. there's two different ones. There was Parker Lewis Can't Lose, which was the one that was inspired by Ferris. And there was also There was just Ferris straight Bueller, up the Ferris show. Bueller the show. And they're both bad, but Parker Lewis is probably the better show. Yeah. So that's some comedies. But, you know, honestly, first run syndication, it, it does okay with the comedies, but you don't see much of them. The comedies because of the, I feel, because of the network's real adherence to sitcoms are king. Like during yeah. this era. During this era. It was, the comedies were like always lesser. But there were some one-hour dramas and adventure shows that cropped up in the 80s and 90s. We're going to talk about those, all the news programs, all the talk programs. All of that is coming up on the other side of this break. So go find yourself a syndicator. And when we come back, we're going to talk about more syndicated programming here on Acid Washed Memories. Step right up and listen, please. You're going to get it with ways to be as well. Well, everybody, gather around. It's a fun house. Excellent. Totally. Full of quality communication. Together, we can make it happen. Read my lips. Full of mature grown-ups. Hello, boys. Hello. Full of love. I'm going to hug her, then I'm going to kiss her, then I'm going to ground her for life. Full of farm animals. <laughs> She's going to have a cow. Full house, full of fun. Weeknights at 6 on 19. I made a boy into a man, honey, let me tell you. And when it comes to men, their feeling is the younger the better. But it's tearing their daughters apart. Next Sally. Today at 3, here on Channel 4. Wendy's spicy chicken. Yeah, it's different. Because Dave's different. He's a rebel. They zig. He zag. Wendy's new spicy chicken filet sandwich is a whole breast that's specially seasoned with Dave's own blend of pepper and spices. Dave, spicy? That's intriguing. What can I say? When you're hot, you're hot. Wendy's spicy chicken filet sandwich. It's caused quite a stir. A man his age shouldn't be making spicy food. Hey, men. Are you creepy enough? Can you handle the slime? gross and disgusting, then you're ready for Creepy Crawlers. Saturday mornings at 7, 6 Central on Fox. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. Hey, welcome back to Ask to Watch Members. You found us, everybody. We're back, baby. <laughs> Episode 43, talking about first-run syndication. I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. Hi. We identify ourselves as if we're on the radio. So we just want to We're thank- syndicated by RSS. Exactly. Them. Remember them? Yeah. We just want to thank you guys for being here. Uh, be sure to leave us a review on your podcast app of choice, your syndicated app. Yeah. And also join our Facebook group, Ask to Watch Memories. It's a home crap home for home, a lot of us over crap there. Home crap home, indeed. So let us know your favorite syndicated shows. And again, I'm sure there's stuff we didn't mention. The, the point is not to be all-encompassing, just semi-encompassing. Mm-hmm. But we left off, we covered the comedies. Right. And like we said, yeah, there's some. They're not really, though, the bread the, and butter. The lesser of, of the sitcoms. I would say so. I think the main event were in the form of one-hour action, drama, adventure-type shows. Right. 
And I think it would only be right, Quinn, to start with, in this genre, the most watched, biggest syndicated show of its time, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes. Follow the voyages of the new Starship Enterprise and the lives of her crew on Star Trek The Next Generation. We have a new Enterprise. We have a new captain. We have Captain Jean-Luc Picard played by Patrick Stewart. Yeah. We have a cast of characters, if it's Riker, Jory, Data, uh, Beverly, Worf, Mm -hmm. Deanna. It was awesome. Let's just put it that way. The only reason that this wound up in syndication Mm -hmm. is because none of the bigwigs at the big three at the time, because Fox was burgeoning. It was like brand new. It was Tom Bergeron, okay? Right. Um, None of them wanted to pick it up. It's fascinating to me, honestly, because this show had hype. Like, it, it actually it had hype. I watched recently, there was, like, a leaked video presser of the show. An like, EPK they made... Probably, they yeah. made tons of, like, stuff just to hype the shit out yeah. of this. I mean, you had um, Industrial Light and Magic working on the ship. There like, you go. This had budget. This had... It was shot on film. It was shot on film, yes. Yes. And it's, it's the last Star Trek shot on film. Well, not the last, because later. But, like, yeah. the, the other ones in the 90s were on video. On That's video a whole tape. other story about restoring them yeah. as, like, tough or you whatever. because of the magnetic tape you have yeah, to do up ps9 and AI voyager shit. are like yeah. trapped yes yeah but star trek next generation even if you're not a star trek fan out there and i'm sure some of our fans are and some are like i never watched that right and that's fine i, mm-hmm. I lie in the middle I'm, I'm fine with it but i'm not a big fan i'm a huge fan I know I, i'm a massive fan you've at least seen the promos the bumpers probably some scenes of the next generation you can picture captain jean-luc picard patrick stewart right you can it was so big it got its own movies it got it got its own movies right it had the crossover with uh kirk also in generations and then they did a couple of movies on their their own one of the best star trek movies first contact yeah like that's like known even i know that people know because it's just a good action movie yeah good action yeah uh but star trek next generation 87 to 94 by the way this is the one that really showed, okay, you can have high-quality, acclaimed entertainment that is not residing on one singular network. Yeah. It's crazy. And and a franchise as big as Star Trek, Good point. right? Yeah. Like, this is not a bullshit franchise. This isn't a cartoon. Right. This isn't Deputy Dog. This isn't some crappy, like hey, we made a show about a teen movie or whatever. Right. This is like a established, this is the crown jewel of Paramount Pictures, a known <laughs> yeah. studio. Good point. Right? A it's known like, studio. This is their top franchise. This has money, this has budget, it has prestige, and it was syndicated. And it lived up to all of it, and by the way. It, a zillion seasons, some of the greatest episodes in television, period. Yeah. Like the one where the board come. And, Remember when um, Riker didn't have a beard in the first season? Everyone yeah, was Yeah, it's upset. annoying. I know. He's like, he, he's so much, season two Riker, it's like, okay, this is the guy we know. There's tropes about that. Yeah. It's called growing the beard because yes. it's like he became better and the show did too. Yes, everything. Be- season one ends really weird. To me, it feels the most syndicated. There's like this weird <laughs> fucking episode where like these like aliens take over Starfleet and it all of a sudden becomes like bloody and violent and shit. It's like not like any of the other episodes of the show. But like, it's got classic episodes. Yeah. Like, like Darmok and you know all sorts if you know Star Trek the next generation like you know what I'm talking about you know it's probably the finest syndicated show to ever exist <laughs> it probably is and you if know? you don't know Star Trek then you're probably skipping and don't hear me say this but right. <laughs> for those of you that know what Quinn is talking about and I, I do to an extent mm-hmm. it really 
this show should have been, could have been on a network. I think it won Emmys for like Inner Light and like shit like yeah, episodes it, like that. Like there's just classic episodes that are like literally Emmy worthy. Yeah, it's that damn good of a show. Right. And I'm sure we could talk a lot more about it. However, you know, this we're going to we're going to move on from <laughs> from there, but I really think it's worth just really shouting it out and hitting it hard that this is not some cheap ass King Koopa's cool cartoons yeah. type of it, if anything it's like to me the face of syndication it's like when you want to present the best that syndication ever produced it's Star Trek the next generation like without a doubt in terms of both quality and acclaim I would 100% say so yeah however there's another show that might might vie for the most famous syndicated show I don't mean best but famous syndicated show. And I am talking about a show that had one season on NBC from 89 to 90, but then was syndicated for 11 years from 90 to 01, Baywatch. Wow. On an all-new Baywatch. Tonight at 8 on Channel 9. Yes, that's definitely one of them. That's I mean, the the other big one. Now Baywatch, right? Now this like, is not a high quality program. This is this is pure garbage. Let's but just let's just put it out there, right? But it's entertaining garbage. But in the '90s, on network, te- or, you know, if you didn't have cable, seeing some skin on TV <laughs> was not common. Yes. It wasn't as common. Let's put it that way. There was, yes. You had to watch the late night movie or some shit Ooh. like. But this was like on during like on the weekend on like Saturday. Yeah, whatever like, the hell. Because like, like we like don't know. Two in the afternoon or maybe. Some shit. Like, right? <laughs> it depends. It depends. Now the stories are horrible. Um, they, like most everything is bad. But um, at the same time, yeah, it's so consumable. Right. It's very consumable, and a lot of actresses had stints on it. Yasmin Bleeth, yeah, Pamela Anderson, and Anderson, then and then Kelly Kapowski showed up. I think right. No, she did not. Tiffany. She did. You you're dreaming. You Maybe wish. I, you wish she did. I, I wish she. I don't did. know who. Yeah. Else, uh, Nicole Egger. There are a lot of people. Yeah. On it. And David Hasselhoff, the crown jewel. Can right. we please give some credit to the? Well, Hoff. he's the anchor of the show. He really yeah, is. He's the, he's, he's the Peter he's, Jennings he, of that he, show. He's like the male lead or whatever. That's correct. And then all the other Baywatchies, men and women. <laughs> Baywatchies. They, they they come and go, but the Hoff stays yeah. put. And hope he's got he's got to watch the beach. Somebody's got to watch Somebody's it when everyone f- come leaves. That's right. A, that's a good point. <laughs> Rick Flair, so you're the developer. I thought you'd be in a pond hiding under the scum where you'd feel at home. Uh, and then also, it's spinoff Baywatch Nights for two years. You remember that absolute train Dog wreck shit. of a show? <laughs> where it's like he helps his cop friend. And, we don't need that. But the second season, it turns I don't into remember like, any details. It turns Tell into us. X-Files or something. But <laughs> anyway, let's just, let's just move on from no, Baywatch. No, we don't need that. And the Nights. Uh, yeah. Star Trek Deep Space Nine, 93 to 99. So, DS9 was syndicated. Yes. I, I thought that was. I thought they moved past syndication because no. DS Nine arguably might be better than Next Gen. It doesn't have the recognizability. But as a series, you think it's? Uh, I, as a Star Trek fan, think it's stronger. It, it's mainly because get out of here. <laughs> that no, believe it or not, that that show once the second or third season happens. Remember how I talked about Dragon Ball Z, where it's oh, a I continuous remember. story. Yes, yes. It's the only Star Trek I've ever seen do it, where it was. I'm not counting the like new new ones where yeah, all television is continuous or I, whatever. I know what you mean. But like this was the first. Literally, there was a full scale war, and the episode to episode things that happened had ramifications that were talked about as the series occurred. You had to know what happened in the last episode, right, for the next story to make sense. Makes sense, okay. Right? And I, like yeah. that's what makes it so special. 
Gotcha. And they did a whole documentary on it because that broke the mold and everything. It's a, it's considered like a big deal in the Star Trek fandom that this show was allowed to do that, whereas Voyager was not, and it was more conventional. Like, Voyager was more conventional. Like Next Gen. Jerry Ryan was yeah. on it. Anyway, remember uh, Lorenzo Lamas as the Renegade? Remember that show? <laughs> Syndicated, five years, 92 to 97. Lorenzo Lamas is the Renegade. But I know our fans are going to remember this one. I didn't say you'll like it, but I know you're going to remember it. Hercules, the legendary journey, Kevin yes. Sorbo. Yes, Hercules. 95 to 99. This show <laughs> felt like very weird when I, like I never kept up with it, first of all, but even when I watched it, I just felt like it was like in a daze, like it was like so cheap and crappy. Oh, it was cheap and crappy. Right? It just felt like nothing. It was like that Adventures of Sinbad show that Bret Hart did. Yeah, it, it was, was like, it similar. was like that. I mean, it was just junky, but like, it really took off. Like there was merchandise and oh, like yeah. people loved this show. Yes. And they loved a certain character on this show so much, Xena the Warrior Princess, that they made another thing. Like yes. Xena Warrior Princess show. Like and, and like, that ran longer than Hercules. Xena Warrior Princess. Coming up next. I never understood the success of this because I just didn't think it was good. Well, I would watch it hmm. when it was on just to kill time. Like that's yeah. like what it was to me. Because well, in our in our area, or at least where I lived, it aired on our local. Uh, it, it was picks. It, it was, was like on eleven U- or whatever. It was on UPN or or picks or both. Because yeah. you know it they might could both, they it, could both have it. This is syndicated, so it's a universe where Xena and Hercules could be on at the same time on like nine and eleven. Theoretically, yeah. I was between the ages of like 10 and 15, 16 mm-hmm. when these were on and I just never had an interest. But maybe, I don't know, maybe some of our fans really like these shows. They, I'd like to hear about it. They remind me of a time when I'm getting a little older but I'm still not mm-hmm. old enough. You know, it's it's like the middle of the day but you don't have like a car and you can't go anywhere <laughs> yes. and you're kind of like just trying to kill time yeah. and you're watching some just garbage and there's like nothing on but then this comes on and you're like I guess it's, it's slightly better garbage I yeah. guess yeah I guess so uh, th- speaking of garbage Thunder in Paradise Hulk Hogan's yes. extravaganza from now this, uh, the 90s it was syndicated it, but no like, network wanted to pick this up Quinn any idea who the saboteurs are no I can think of only one depraved maniac with enough training to pull something like this off Hammerhead I can't believe that traitor was ever a Navy SEAL I hope it's Hammerhead that way I can reach down his throat and rip his lungs out. <laughs> I don't remember. See, I don't remember it making it outside of like the Turner garbage cannon. Uh, they might have run it on there, but it was it was just on whatever, you know, when it was new. This show sucked. Oh, it's a very way. bad show. It's got Sting and Hulk Hogan on a boat. Uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of other wrestlers make cameos. Yeah. You know, we should mention this briefly. I didn't want to get too much into this because, you know, we don't know much about wrestling and we never talk mm-hmm. about it. But there are wrestling programs that we affectionately call the Cindy's. Yes. <laughs> now, why do we call them the Cindy's, Quinn? Well, let's let's get started <laughs> first, just so people understand wrestling in general was like syndicated first yeah like, right it was, it's pretty early yeah it's one of the earlier syndication programs right because it's cheap to produce yeah. and, and in some cases it was just owned by the uh, produced by the tv station like in memphis and places yeah. like that you know but the uh the, the world, wwf that yeah. people know the mainstream right wwf at the time yeah uh vince mcmahon what he would do for his syndication is he would find 
people that would actually buy the show from him. You know, and they would sometimes do a barter system. And there's a lot of I don't I didn't want to get in the weeds with all the barter system shit. It's involves airtime and local insertion. We don't need to get into it. Yeah, good. There's also another element to wrestling syndicated is that wrestling produced so much content yes. because. You know, it's wrestling. It's like a you know a fake sport or whatever. So don't say that to a wrestler. I, I, I just mean to say, in theory, there's got to be matches always going on, right? Yes. So for this illusion to work, they would produce like tiers of syndicated yes. stuff, right? And so like if a network. They would buy like an A tier, a B tier, and yeah. a C tier, and they, you know, they get different like amounts of syndicated shows. Yes, you could buy all three tiers, but you had right. to always buy the highest one. You had to buy the A tier, which was their championship wrestling, or superstars. later on superstars. Yep. Um, if you bought the A and the B, you got all star wrestling or challenge right? or later challenge. You know, and when they you, moved into the C, you got the original superstars. Or Spotlight. Spotlight, right. yes. And as wrestling fans, we were being facetious. We know wrestling. <laughs> you know wrestling? You wouldn't know Captain Ahab if he sucked your Moby. The C show is really bad. It's usually just a recap of, it's and, crap. And it's a recap of the other shows that yeah. you've already possibly seen. No one's trying. Yeah. So I did want to mention that. And Vince McMahon wasn't the only one. Uh, World Championship Wrestling, Jim Crockett Promotions before that. They also syndicated their programming. But it was a way for these companies, these mm -hmm. wrestling promotions, to reach wider audiences. Now, Vince did get stuff on cable as well. Right. Which helped. But when we say wider audience, you got to remember, NBC is not going to run a weekly at that point wrestling show. Back then... It was very, very hard to get on anything other than your local station right. in your local market. So the syndication deal really worked out well because you would just send these tapes to all the local stations that have bought into the show. And I think these stations were grateful for the content because, like we said, it was a race to fill air yeah. and stuff. So in wrestling, it was consistent. Yeah. It came in every week. It came in every week. Right. They'd get their portion of the airtime that they would, the local insertion. Yeah. WWF in turn or WCW would get to promote their events in that market. I think what made it such notable, like a syndicated product, mm -hmm. is that it was one hour of con or yep. 40 minutes or whatever yeah. so you could fill an hour yep and it was weekly that's yeah. like a lot that's it, and, and, it, it it's, and it doesn't take a break it's all year it's all it's year. not like a show where there's seasons yes right so you get 52 40 minute long shows when you buy this every single year and you can put advertising on it that's exactly what it came down to they can give a shit what's on it yeah that's the other thing too that we didn't really mention about uh, syndication one of the advantages there that the production companies had is there's no network meddling right there's no standards and practices because you're not at the behest of a network. You just put the shit in a can and send yeah. it. They bought it already. You're only so, at, so. you're only at the behest of the FCC, you right? Know, like the the broad overview of like things you can and can't right. do on TV. And they're TV. not paying attention to some shit that's on after the roller derby. Probably. <laughs> like, let's be real. The guys I used to watch on Saturday morning before uh, the roller derby came on. Let's move on to uh, just a quick mention of some of those news infotainment shows like <laughs> Entertainment Tonight yes. you know, with Mary Hart. Yeah, Entertainment Tonight actually no. was a very popular program. <laughs> yes, it was. It really was. It was. Mary Hart was a huge name. Again. Yeah. John Tesh also. Yeah, I used to watch it. What? it no, because it was... What? At the time. Yeah. We were like eight? Yeah, I would definitely watch <laughs> this show. Why? Well, first of all, I used to watch it while we eat dinner because it was like on then oh, or whatever. Sorry. Like, I remember the song and everything. Uh -huh. So, we come on. What I always thought was so interesting about it was prior to this show, you never saw television and movie people like off the show. 
Like, it was interesting. They would, like, show you the backstage and, like, the making of and stuff. Right. You didn't find this interesting at all? No. Oh, I thought it was so cool. Did you? Yeah, because that's all it really was. Was It It was essentially just a show about the making of movies and television. Yeah, it was uh, entertainment, you know. Yeah. It was really like a TV magazine. Yeah. It's what it was supposed to but be. But it gave you a behind-the-scenes look. It, it did. It yeah. did. And Quim liked it a lot. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of our fans did, too. I'm and there was Hart. no internet. Like, so, like, there was this, no internet. This, this is why this was a thing. I understand. Uh, remember John Tesh? Yeah. He did the basketball song. I never liked his hair. Oh, his hair was very offensive. Very bothersome. His whole... Like, I have long hair, but not a lot of it. It it was a little bit disturbing. Yeah. I I will give you that. There was also shows like A Current Affair, which is more of like a tabloid style. I hated that show. So did I. And Hard Copy. I I was never sure if Hard Copy and Current Affair were like real news or not, or were they like... Tabloid style. Sensationalism. They felt like the National Enquirer got a TV show. That's literally what it felt like to me, too. And those types of shows, to me, when I think of cheap-ass syndicated, like, garbage (laughs) bullshit that just pumped out into the system, it's shit like a current affair. You know what I mean, Quinn. Oh, it is. Choking on your soda over there. Absolutely. Her career as a teacher ended when her students waged a sexual smear campaign. Lesson in heartache. Tomorrow at 7.30 on Fox 5 New York. But there's some daytime fun stuff that we need to mention, or nighttime. Star Search was syndicated. Remember Star Search? Was it really? Ed McMahon? Yeah, it was. Because I associated with that with the network, weirdly enough. It was Because it had Ed McMahon on it. I thought, oh, this has got to be, like, good. Well, yeah, his own side gig, nothing to do with NBC and Johnny. (laughs) Yeah, and I was so broken up about not being a part of Star Search that I, I hid myself in the Meadowlands for three months with Jimmy Hoffa. American Gladiators syndicated. A big time syndicated. <laughs> oh my god. This is American Gladiators. Okay, this to me exists in the same universe. So you got American Gladiators is like the first of its kind of I don't know. It's not wrestling. It's not boxing. It's sports it, entertainment, it's, though, Quinn. <laughs> it's sports. Well, heavy emphasis, emphasis on the entertainment aspect. It is, though. But then you had WMAC Masters. Also syndicated. <laughs> also syndicated, which was like, what if Mortal Kombat was a real sport? <laughs> and we like played it straight and got Bruce Lee's daughter to like be the host this of it. True. It's like, this is all real. This is like, real. Like, this Just is all, like wrestling. Even the crap you see backstage, like they would show you like, oh, I'm going to beat you, pal. It's like, oh, but you don't have the, the ninja star. Like, it was like, this is like how they did it. It's the costume, the armor, right? Yeah, come on, Hakeem. Why do you call yourself the machine? I don't know! You know the thing about WMAC Masters and American Gladiators and all that? It it really is funny how it's it's the same concept as wrestling. It It is. It really is. But you know what's funny is looking back at it, because I've found some WMAC Masters episodes (laughs) on YouTube. I can't even believe somebody archived it, but it's the internet. I'm glad they did. Because I watched it. It's actually worse than wrestling because the problem is there's no live crowd. It's even the crowd is oh, fake. Oh yeah, true. And so like well, I think that gives wrestling an element of weird realism that these shows do not have. Because wrestling is theater in the round. You have the audience. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, Vince McMahon almost wound up owning the whole endeavor, right? Like he got into the he was gonna start a karate fighting. Yeah, I mean, league in the early '90s, and it became this, but he wasn't involved at all. WMAC Masters is what it, it, it is what eventually became of it. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean, if they if they had not put it in like a cheap soundstage, 
honestly, like with the the craze of fighting games and stuff, because it was this Mortal Kombat was huge. Honestly, like WMAC Masters came at a time when like there was a thirst for anything Mortal Kombat. That's absolutely true. I watched this because of that. Yeah, like absolutely. Yeah, I totally get it. Do you remember Power Rangers? Oh yeah. Now that wasn't syndicated. That Absolutely was owned by not. Fox. Yeah. That was a Fox Saban show. gave it to Fox. Yeah. yeah. But VR Troopers was syndicated. Oh, Stream Go Virtual Reality? Remember that one? Dude, that one was on Pix also. Yeah, and I remember like, watching it. It was just rip off Power Rangers. I didn't like it very much. I watched it a little I bit. Thought but the I thought the idea not like it. was cool. You did? Yeah, that they, that it's like they're fighting in virtual reality yeah. instead of like that was like their Zords, essentially. Pretty much. And I, I thought it was neat, but ultimately, the fact that they only made like one season of it, I kind of lost interest. It was just one season, wasn't it? It just started repeating, just and I was like, repeating. there's no new episodes? Okay. I think you're right, yeah. yeah. Next on Saban's VR Troopers, Victor uses a cloning device on Ryan. You called? You will keep the troopers off guard while I launch Electrobot. There's also a lot of nighttime talk not too many famous ones, but nighttime talk shows that were syndicated that would be on, you know, like Fox or a different mm-hmm. station, you know, the thick of the night, of course, with <laughs> with Alan Thick. The key, they just, Alan Thick had he was it. everywhere. He, he just gets gimmick, gimmicks everywhere, right? He just gets gigs and, and stuff. Talented guy. He was yeah. in the thick of all of it, Quinn. Yeah. Shut up. Keenan Ivory Wayne show. Remember that one from like yeah, the 90s? I remember that one. Magic Johnson's The Magic Hour. What? You don't remember? Oh, we're doing oh, a show on that I one I don't day. even remember I'm gonna make you watch it. We're going to do it. And now, the man of the hour, Dennis Miller had a show. Of course I mean, he did. Yeah, that one I remember. Yeah. The most notable syndicated nighttime talk show, however, and most successful, I would think, the Arsenio Hall Show. Yes. Why are these people so excited? Because they just found out who's coming to my next party. Right? That show was at one point, like, it was doing really good in the ratings. Like It, it, it was, was doing like, well. Holy shit, a syndicated talk show might be competition. Honestly, it looked like it could have been when Carson was going to step down. He had his show already. He didn't have to move it. Yeah, he could have been heavy competition. Right. Heavy competition. Uh, so that's just a few of them. There's there's others, but I just wanted to mention that. There's another genre, though, that we need to cover before our final category. And the genre I'm talking about, this is also if you're homesick or it's summer break and you've got <laughs> nothing to do, court shows. Oh, God, <laughs> Judge there was Judy, like a million of these. Judge yeah. Mathis, Judge yeah. Joe Brown, Judge Dredd, you know, like all of these. <laughs> so, the People's so, Court, so 90s I, edition. I gotta, I, when I was a kid, I was like, is this real? Like, I the like. cases are they, real. They had me hook, line, and sinker. I mean, it's real. Yeah, but aren't they like predetermined or whatever? Like, Well, it depends I, on the show. I forget the, I forget the actual process. Like, some of them are court cases that happened and they're reading transcripts i know there's a show yeah, that did that but it's not judge judy and the people's court the, the two most notables that's not what that is yeah. what this is and one day i'd love to do an actual episode on court shows because i think it'd be fascinating yeah i really do but there is a real element to them but most yes of it, it's for show here's the deal what they're in is not technically like a trial or it's it's arbitration right the whole court setting the robe, even mm-hmm. the gavel, is all just window dressing. Right. This could be done it, this, in an office, which it is all across the country for right. like divorces and binding stuff arbitration. Like yeah, yeah. Right. Essentially, where two parties agree that what we settle here in this room is is law. You will not take yeah. further. Yeah. Right. Let's say Judge Judy is like, "Oh, ma'am, shut up! Judgment in the plaintiff for a thousand dollars." Right. 
the person that has to pay isn't actually paying. Really? The producers of the show pay the settlements. Oh, okay. So they agree to go on the show. I'm assuming essentially they're buying cases by saying whatever, yes. whatever, whoever yes. gets what, we're paying it. They review a bunch of impending. This is at least Judge Judy. I'm sure the People's Court was the same way. They view real cases that are going through arbitration mm-hmm. that haven't been settled yet. And they contact yet. the two yes. parties and they say, "Listen, one of you's going to win. One right? of you's going to lose. One of you's going to lose, but we're going to." pay it not the one side or the other yeah they right? pay it they get compensated for coming out i'm you know, sure like, the guy who's gonna lose is being like i will sign up for that arbitration. that's what i'm saying yeah. like especially if you know you're screwed i'll, I'll take it. nothing instead of having to pay somebody exactly right? i just gotta go on tv and look like an idiot with yeah. an angry lady okay yeah you know who supports you who supports me i go to school full-time no you don't you drink full-time i drink full-time yeah so the judgment is real you know like judge judy's decision is the real decision so judge judy herself though th- that's She's why these people judge. have to be real actual licensed yes they really judges are. or whatever so that they can actually make the judgments yes and again there's a lot to go into so i would love to do this one day but yeah these court shows were to finally use my word ubiquitous dude every single station yeah. syndicated one even the network syndicated them for their like you know, in their pre-news programming they or whatever. They loved these shits. Like, hot bench and like... I, I think a lot of it has to do with that it has a... Perce- Judge Reinhold. I know, but it has a perception of like, it's serious because it's court. So yeah. it like seems like better than it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it seems better than like Jerry Springer or whatever. Well, yeah. The other thing is though, is it was such a stark contrast to... Because they were dormant after the People's Court, the Wapner one, which was yeah. in early 80s until 93. That's Wapner on. <laughs> he was not funny. He was yeah. not an entertainer. He was like a very stern he was like judge. A, just a regular ass judge, yeah. But then Judge Judy comes on the scene and I is swear so judge different. Judy, judge Judith Scheinman or whatever. Scheinland. Scheinland. Yeah. Um, Remember when her the, husband did the People's Court briefly? I don't even. Jerry. Listen, I this, this lady really made a, a thing out of this, didn't she? Like, she did. Because she was a legitimate judge for yeah. realsies, she was, like yes. not on TV. She really was. And then she's done this now for like a zillion million like 27 years. 27 years. And they even like shut her show off and then she just did a, a streaming one instead, yes. like for Hulu or somebody. Yeah, she did her own show. Like, this is like... A business now for her, like this judge show Embarrassing thing. Embarrassing people on television yeah. for 27 years. And obviously the Judge Judy, the famous meme where she looks, she touches her watch yeah. and like looks and tries to hear it or whatever she does and she, everyone uses it. She is very funny. I'm going to give her credit. Yeah, she's entertaining. She she's funny. funny. She's funny, but there's something weird about Judge Judy that because yeah. she's done it for so long, I feel like is she really a judge? Like I've started to question it as the years have gone on. Isn't like, she also like 80? Yeah, but I mean, she's on TV. It's not like the it's not the same rigors of being like a, a trial judge. Yeah, this is true. You know, remember when Ed Koch hosted the People's Court? It was incredible. Yeah, for like I like that. Of years. That was fun. <laughs> it was really good. The case of the backbiting brother. You bitter? It's a nip. It wasn't uh, like. Argh. Next People's Court today at four on Wish TV. Remember, there was also Judge Mills Lane. Yeah, the boxing ref is like I do this. I feel like Ed Koch was a good one because I like that him. guy was the mayor. Like right. he, he I, he's legit. Like right. right, like he seemed like real. I know. I you liked know? him doing it. It was good. Uh, so I just want to mention that. We'll get into it more. But our last genre, uh, perhaps the most polluted, but also the most entertaining, mm-hmm. is daytime talk. Yes, daytime talk. And I, I just brought up Jerry Springer, so I think we should start with him because he's the, the Lord. He's the, he's the 
He's the man. Like, so, he, he's the guy. He, I ran into him at a bar once in New Brunswick. You did? Yeah. Which be, bar? You can say. I mean, uh, Catherine Lombardi's. Oh, with the good drinks. Yeah. That guy's not there anymore, Chris. Uh, he was he was doing something at the theater. Like, he was, oh, he right was down do, the corner. He was doing a show or something. He was something. doing a, uh, his show, yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I said hi to him, and you know, he was just kind of like drinking or That's something. That's what you do at a bar. Yeah. But did people chant Jerry at him? No, everyone, nobody wanted to be rude, so they just kind of like... Ironic, considering yeah. his show, right? Yeah. Anyway, Jerry Springer's show started as a more serious show. Again, this could be its own episode one day. I always think it's funny if you see the early Jerry Springer episodes. It's just a Donahue ripoff. He really was just yeah. aping Donahue. Yeah. You knew when you were talking with the Iranians about getting the hostages back, that that is exactly what the President of the United States had said on television. We will not deal with the terrorists. He was telling other countries, please don't deal with the Iranians, don't deal with the terrorists. Donahue, while, while we're here, let me just talk about him. He was the forerunner of this. He's almost the inventor. It's yeah. 70s, you know. Mm -hmm. His show, his local show got so popular, it became syndicated. He was the number one, and a much more serious show yeah, than Yeah, much more respectable. Yes. Um, I've even seen interviews. He's like kind of proud of the work he did on it and stuff like yeah. that. Because it was like... He were, tried. What was so interesting when Donahue came along is they were tackling like real issues that real American people had. They were. Like alcoholism and, it, you know, yeah, all stuff like... And, and, and stuff like that. And it was like... Nobody had ever seen that messiness, that real lifeness, yeah. like on TV. And um, he really, he did treat it a lot more serious. It was a lot less sensationalistic, right? Than Jerry Springer, who again started aping as Phil Donahue. But then he decided this is going to be the WWF, but the talk show. Yeah, sports entertainment, <laughs> yeah. basically. And you guys know what became of Springer in its heyday, which is the <laughs> mid '90s to the early 2000s. <laughs> These episodes, so, this the, became a farce, man. Listen, no, in the mid '90s, this shit was like I came upon this show yes i could not take my eyes off this show like yeah. you, you, crash tv Quinn. You, you just didn't know what the fuck was gonna happen somebody might throw a chair somebody you knew might what was gonna happen quinn well you did late i'm gonna bring out these people and they have a cut plate and then they come out fuck you fuck you throw a chair steve wilkos gets involved right. jerry let's go to break and then yeah. here's my final word but, you knew what was but, gonna happen quinn but remember you knew um, morton downey jr was the precursor to even that Right? Yeah. Morton Downey Jr. was a, a bit of a different show. It was intentionally inflammatory. Right. But that one really is like, to me, I think it's the influence on Springer. To an extent. And also the time Geraldo got hit with a chair in that big problem. Right, ball. right. <laughs> yeah. But this, okay, so this whole, whatever Morton Downey Jr. was doing, whatever Donahue was doing, and then it evolves to Springer, right? Yes. Then this becomes like, Jerry Springer like kind of tones down with da Downey Jr. was like the opposite. Like it was super. Yeah, it was he like, was, he was, it was like Nazis and shit on it. Like it was like fucking like weird. Yeah. But then Jerry Springer kind of like fixes it up. Like <laughs> it's better. It's a, like a better version of it. It's not as yes. insane. You got to stop doing this to me. You deserve everything you get. No, no, <laughs> baby. I'm sorry. You, you know deserve to suffer out in the cold because I suffered with a broken heart. You didn't get. But you know I love no, you. You no. take care of me. My daughter looks up to you. She me. calls you daddy. And what do you do? Oh, he lives in a treehouse now. Another girl. <laughs> so then you get like Montel and Maury like Maury Povich being Maury, a horrible yeah, example. Like, you get all these other ones that Ricky are Lake. Yeah, Jenny Jones. What I found fascinating about the other ones, yeah, is that they're so similar to Jerry Springer, and the hosts are competent enough. Yeah, they're all competent that, like, hosts. I think like, they all hate their shows too. I found these shows to be crazy watchable 
Oh, I did too because my grandmother used to watch. And I didn't care which there. one I ran into. Yeah, they're if it all was Maury Montel, whoever. Sally Jesse, Sally Jesse with the big glasses. She was good. Hi, how yeah. are you? Yeah, <laughs> um, fine. Like, but honestly, it was like I really like this, and I don't. What? I'm not proud of it. But I, I like I like these shows because they were just such a car crash. I think Jerry retained more of the car crash. The other ones tried to tone it down even more. Even Geraldo like, got like very wholesome towards yeah, the end. Yeah, they started diluting it more. Yes. Like Jerry was the the perfect version of this, where it was like Ugh. it was it just it was like, like having the perfect diarrhea. It was Quinn. like shitty enough. Like I don't know how else oh, to describe God. it. But like then the the infamous when he was like they they hooked up with MTV and they did Spring, Spring Break. Break. That's and that one's insane. That's 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 really bad. Yeah. And then Steve Wilco's got his own show. And um, then that lasted longer than everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Is but, it still on or something? It so, like it's like thirty years old or it's some nonsense. It's not that old. Um, but we have to talk about the queen of the genre. Oprah. Yeah, Oprah. Now, Oprah is not that. Let's... Intentionally never went she, down that she, route. Okay, it's like Jerry and all the rest went down the, like, let's wild and crazy crash TV route. Donahue Oprah retired. Took, Oprah took Donahue yes. and kind of, like... Modernized. Put a, put a female touch on it, first hey, of all. Yeah. Like, a lot more heart to the show. A yes. lot more... A, a, so, lot less, a softer touch. Is, a lot less news broadcastery. Right. And Oprah was about... Oprah was, like, inspirational. Right, to a, like that, to many people. That that was kind of the point of the show. It was very feel good, right? She would, yeah. She would have she would have celebrities on, and and you know have inspirational stories with them or whatever, right? Like Tom Cruise on the chair, and all, whatever. Like, but she would also just have like regular ass people with like problems, and she would like kind of like talk them through it. Yes, and like it was like I don't know, like. What's Tom Cruise on the chair. Tom Cruise on the chair. Yeah, but Tom. yeah, you're right. She would talk. She would just talk and listen. She would talk and listen. We've never seen you behave this way before. I know. Have you ever felt this way before? And you would feel bad for these people, and then Oprah would like do a nice thing for them. Yeah, give them a new car. Give them a new car, or like a trip somewhere, or or a new house, or some shit. Like it was always like very nice. It was. And honestly, I gotta say. In the middle of your day to see that, like, <laughs> I, I hate that it's corny, but it like it felt good, right? Yeah, it's just what eleven year old me needed was to watch Oprah in the middle of my boring ass summer vacation, Quinn. I don't know when you're sick and somebody see, see something nice happen to somebody it makes you feel better. <laughs> okay, I won't argue. Uh, and then you know, there's also the daytime shows like Doctor Phil and Doctor Oz and <sighs> Doctor Pepper, the Doctor Gimmick, the Doctor Gimmick. Well, I'm a real doctor. I was thirty years ago. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't have a license yeah. anymore. Uh, and then the daytime audience-based talk shows. These are not like the the Oprahs. I'm talking about basically late-night shows, but in daytime form, like Rosie O'Donnell had a very successful syndicated right. run. Ellen DeGeneres had a very Ellen successful... Is, Ellen, I don't know if Ellen's even... She was on forever. She was on forever. Drew Barrymore now has one. I gotta say, I think Ellen did really good with this format. She went from, like, friend of most comedians, kind of like gimmick, where she was, like, kind of... An el- like an elder stateswoman of comedians yes to this like more this show right and she really like it was fun and an inspirational it, yeah. and like she just took it all in and she became like the queen of like this shit she did do a good job with the right? show rosie had her moment in the sun but it was short-lived in my opinion it was only a, a few i mean it was on for a while but it was only really popular for like four or five years right, right. Next, all-new Rosie O'Donnell Show. Watch the Rosie O'Donnell Show tomorrow morning at 10 right here on ABC7. But 
Obviously, Quinn, when you talk about daytime talk fair, there is one show of yours that I know is a favorite. Oh, yeah. That I know you could talk about for a very long time. (laughs) And I am talking about a show that does continue to this day. And lives on. But the original iteration, Regis and Kathy Lee. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Great audience today. It's uh, Tuesday, October 29th, 1991. Went to bloom into town last night. The classic. Yeah, the classic, classic edition. Like the big happy music. It starts up, you know, you're all, <laughs> when you hear this music, you have made it past the I'm not going to school today. That's, that, is that's that why, why this, you like it so much? It, it puts it gives me a smile on my face but not only that once yeah. once you enter the door right once you walk in and you're on you're in the living room or wherever the hell they are <laughs> yeah this weird atrium you know, know. They, there's steps in the yeah, background where that, do they go to that are real that i've seen like them go up it before. must just be a cat's walk up yeah. there or something right anyway yeah. um so they're in this like living room or whatever sure. and regis is in with kathy lee and they first of all they open it up and they talk talk about their day or whatever, mm. and Regis tells you some crazy ass story, some anecdote, some anecdote. He's the best. Regis is like the best thing ever. He is very like, affable. He, I, I can't argue with you. Is there you. any like host? I like him the most out of like any host to ever exist. He's the host you like the most. There's just no compare to Regis. He's so likable. He is very likable, right? I don't know that he's my favorite like TV personality ever, but it's because Regis is like malleable and like you can put him on Millionaire and it works, right? Put him on Millionaire. Uh, oh, I need to fill in for Dick Clark. Okay. Yeah, he just he's just he'll he work, do his best. He, he works in anything. He's a jack of all trades. Master of none, though. I yeah. would say. He no, he have, is a master of none, but that's kind of that's the, okay. And what's funny is I feel like the way he 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 has like this self deprecating humor. Yes, he's aware of being the master of none. He's aware of who he is. He's aware of who he is, and I think that just makes him more likable. I think that's true. I think that's you know like Ringo Starr. When you have a de- deprecating humor about yourself, it right. does, it can add to your likability. Right, and it kind of makes Regis in a different level to me. Like he's above the like being the top guy. You yeah, know what I'm he saying? He never tried to be. He never tried to be, but everyone loves him now kathy lee gifford kathy lee johnson initially mm-hmm. a bit of a polarizing figure your so, thoughts i would say kathy lee while likable there was always an air of um a bit of a kind of like somebody trying to use this show as a vehicle to something else well it didn't work it didn't work but you know she was married to frank gifford yeah, so we she all would, know she would, we all she would know. go on and on Cody about and the kids uh, and the, all the that. kids and the yada 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 no one cared about that right am i wrong no one cared but at the same time she was young and energetic enough and she kind of i think she jived the best with regis regis knew how to interact with her and make it super entertaining i think that that's regis's believe it or not like his best co-host I thought Kelly, Kelly Ripa was very good though. Kelly with him. slipped right in. Yes. But I always thought the show was miss there was some there was some weird element to Regis and Kathy Lee specifically oh, that was- I thought they were they were really like they knew how to bounce off each other. It was never the same again, if we want to be like absolutely fair. It was yeah. never the same after and Kathy Lee. Another thing that I found fascinating about that show, when you look back on it, there were guests that Regis clearly picked, and there were guests that Kathy Lee 
clearly picked. You could tell Kathy Lee was more comfortable with the celeb types. Right? Yeah, that's true. But then Regis would have some dumb shit like fucking ravishing Rick Rude or wrestlers <laughs> or something, and he would be like, this is great! Like, he'd be all excited about it, and Kathy Lee would be like, what the fuck is she this She hated shit? the yeah, wrestling, yeah, you could tell. Yeah. We got, we got Yokozuna! Yeah, like, what, do you, what does he eat? Yeah, and Regis uh -huh, like knows... I, I, the wrestling ones are the best example, because yeah. Regis knows like everything about yeah. this dumb shit. When he's like, into it, too. Yeah, like, or bodybuilders or yeah, like... Doesn't care. Like if if it's some wacky circus type thing, Regis is like he, all about he's it. He's there for it. Yeah, yeah and, and and then he just rubs it in Kathy Lee's face, and I think that's how their dynamic works so it well. Is good, yeah. Is that she's kind of like I guess you would say she's like prim and proper, and Regis is kind of a weirdo, an everyman, a wacko. Yeah, right. Just ah, whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. That type of thing. And so I just think that they kind of made a good dynamic. Now Kelly Ripa of. All my children, All my children thing. Thing. ABC canon. A part of the ABC canon. Yes. This is where I, I feel very happy when I see Kelly Ripa because I'm kind of like, you see, she was she she was on All My Children for all those years, Haley, and yes, and, and then she got a job on with Regis and sat next to Regis for ten years. Right. Thank you very much. Hi, everybody. Thursday, September nineteenth, two thousand and two. These three people, they're not going to stand up. Oh, they don't care. I don't care. You all stand up. She's going to no, sit yes, right, right there. Yes, right. You sit. Like Regis likes to say, this is no. still America. If you don't want to get up, don't That's be pressured. By the way, in case you're interested in the lineage, then it was uh, Kelly and Michael Strahan. Which was an odd choice, but weirdly worked because he was on... You know why? Because they're in New York, and yes, he was on the New York Giants, the Giants. And like it was like, oh, like if it made it really made the show felt New York-y more, even though it was like a national yeah, show. Yeah, it was like, a nationally syndicated show. Right? It was like Michael Strahan. And he was amiable. He was fine. He was I had good. no problem with him, but it, he wasn't Regis. No. In 2017, Michael Strahan was replaced with... Possibly, whether you like this or not, I think it's just a, a fact of nature at this point, the heir apparent in this whole genre, mm -hmm. I'm talking the Regis's and the Dick Clarks of the world, yes. of which- Oh, he's this guy. Ryan Seacrest. Who also owns his own production company, just like Dick Clark did. And I gotta yeah. tell you something. Ryan Seacrest came to our minds and came to our lives as the, the American Idol guy with Brian Dunkelman for the first season, remember? But he started a little business of his own, and he, and he started to accumulate shows. And As time has gone on, and just because like year after year now, and you see him on New Year's Eve maybe if mm -hmm. you watch that, there is starting to become, I can't believe I'm saying this, there's a comfort level with Ryan Seacrest. Would you say he's taking the Regis mantle? That's what I'm saying. And, like, and then the Declark. Now that Regis is no longer with us. I mean, yeah. somebody had to replace those two guys. I like, know. Regis and Dick Clark are like in the same universe, right? Hosts. They're, 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 they're like, Tom Bergeron replacing them. Yeah, they're, they're just like, <laughs> the, they can host literally anything. Yeah. Like, you, you know. You can just slide into and stuff And Ryan like Seacrest, I think, is definitely that guy yeah i hate to say it i did because i didn't like him at first but honestly he's very he's like an old shoe when you run into yeah. him at like new year's or whatever he's not but. your favorite shoe he's not the most expensive shoe he's not the first shoe he's not a sentimental shoe yeah but there's a comfort now he's the shoe that replaced your old shoe and now he's the old shoe and you know what yeah. they say quinn if the shoe fits right. wear it all right that's enough so listen on that note, yeah, Quinn really likes Regis. Let us know if you like Regis and if you like Ryan. I'm he's, sure he's a hero, Regis. I'm sure no one listening likes Ryan Seacrest, but you know what? I have to speak. I have to speak yeah, up yeah, for Ryan talk, Seacrest. Talk to him in another five to ten years. Yeah. Like seriously, I think we're already there. But if people still don't, just give him more. Ryan Seacrest will just always be there. So don't. You'll get used to him. He, he does. Mario Lopez will. It, yeah, Mario I Lopez feel, is making like, a name okay, for himself okay. too. Would you say that you know in 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 the previous oh, times God, no. that Regis and Dick Clark were like yin and yang or whatever? like that always hosts yes would you say 
Mario Lopez and Ryan Seacrest are like the new like duo of that. I don't know if Mario Lopez has attained that level yet. He's still on like Tom Bergeron early nineties level. I think he's ahead of Tom Bergeron. No, I don't at the think he's least. ahead of Bergeron. <laughs> Maybe, folks. Let us know your host rankings. Uh, but listen, listen to to bring it all home here. That's just a sampling of some syndicated shows. We try to mix in some of our thoughts and banter on some mm-hmm. of these first run syndicated shows. There are more. There are things we didn't mention, and we understand that. But we want to hear from you guys. Uh, on Twitter at AWM Podcast, and obviously join our group. But the whole point with syndication is especially for the 70s, really the 80s and 90s, and the early part of the 21st yeah. century. This was essential to these local stations. I to would say, up, yeah, definitely right? the 90s got it went, it got that's the height of syndication. It is, it is, first run, especially. Yeah. Nowadays, with the internet, with distribution, being in all different places in streaming and streaming you know, the fact that you can just the, the streaming things they're just looking for they're they're, they're more content hungry than even television was Correct. in its heyday right because now television really just reruns like fantasy factory and stuff like the, that the problem is television has a schedule but the internet has no schedule people watch things that. whenever they want and there's a way bigger audience there you go and folks thank you for putting us into your schedule here and being a part of our audience. We really do appreciate that. Let us know your syndication memories. Let us know the shows you like. Let us know which version of Star Trek is the best one. That'll be a fun debate for uh, Quinn to get into. It's DS9. I don't know. As much as I love Next I have show. nothing to do with it. Uh, don't ask me. Ask they're, so, they're so close, too, but I think DS9 just I don't edges know it out. Anything about Star Trek except for that Yoda character. That's not <laughs> anyway, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Folks, if you didn't like this one, hey, next week will be something completely different. Yeah. Don't you worry about that. Talking about Star Trek. Talking about Star Trek next yeah. time. It's yeah. Star Trek time. Yeah. But until that time, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at EWM Podcast. Join the group and please leave a review and listen to the lovely lady that you're going to hear after us, Alyssa Marino, because she's going to remind you to do the same thing. She will. She will. One way or another, thank you for being with us, and we will see you next week for more Acid Washed Memories. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week. Yeah.